Hello everybody, how are you? This is History Tea Time Chat Live and today, well I was away last week so I'm back and I'm going to tell you all about, well I'm going to tell you about my trip last week which was to Lincoln and York. So I was off doing some research ready for new tour ideas um, but anyway if you are planning a trip up to either Lincoln or York then I will tell you where I would recommend you go and why. So um, I hope you're all well. hope you didn't miss me too much last week. Um, I'm on your screens twice today for now and also History After Dark later. If you can join me, Catherine Brooks and Katrina Marchant for that. We're on History After Dark. We talk about Charles Darwin tonight. But... Let's get into this. So I am streaming live on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. So welcome. Um, I uh, I hopefully can keep an eye on both things, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. My lipstick doesn't really go today. I look really whited out. Anyway, never mind. Um, hello, Linda. Yes, thank you. Well, it's okay. We'll see you. I'll see you later. Deborah, Melissa, Amanda. Um, who else have we got? Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So yeah, sorry I was a bit late. My uh my tea hadn't brewed. So, you know, this is history tea time chat live. So <laughs> so it is warm and I will be having a sip of it. So um for those of you who don't know, my name's Philippa Lacey Brawl and I am everything behind the British History Channel and a company called British History Tours. So last week I combined the two things by going for a trip up to, I say up because it's up for me, Lincoln um, and to York. Lincoln, Lincolnshire, York, Yorkshire. And they're linked by quite a bit of history, but specifically if you're a Tudor fan and um, a Gareth Russell fan, uh, there were both places on the 1540 progress, which Henry VIII did with Catherine Howard. This was the progress where Catherine Howard and uh, um, Thomas Culpepper began their liaison. And where she uh, wrote to him, and where she declared her love. So you can literally follow in their footsteps of not just the fact that they were there, but that there was this momentous, um, uh, life-changing events which happened, which led to the downfall of Catherine Howard uh, and her lady-in-waiting, Jane Rochford, um, or Jane Boleyn, if you if you like. She was married to Anne Boleyn's brother. Um, so. It's also, of course, the hotbed of what was known as the Pilgrimage of Grace, which happened in 1536. That had been, that was an uprising of sorts, not as violent as it was made out to be by, um, by, the, the, by Henry and by his, uh, by his council to justify its put down. But the Pilgrimage of Grace had effectively been a protest movement where they wanted to petition the king to slow down or stop the closing of the monastic houses. And when you go to York, especially, and you realise how many there were, including the largest hospital uh, in the country, as far as I believe, St. Leonard's, um, 
and you realize these were the th- they were seeing them close down um everywhere of course across the country was seeing monastic houses closed down but york york was one of those cities that had a particular um uh a concentration um of places and so that it was being felt very strongly there if uh it's also the place that then that um so this is that there were the, the punishments a lot of them, the punishments were taken out including robert ask who was one of the leaders of this movement who was hung in chains from york castle now york castle york actually had two castles and um not at at the point of the Tudors, but uh, when William the Conqueror conquered and came up to the north, he uh, built two castles, one on either side of um, the River Ouse, I think it is. Now, the River Ouse was flooded, flooding when I was there. And there is a particular car park, I think it was called St George's Car Park now, might have that wrong, but that was completely underwater. And what's interesting is that is, is, actually specifically the area where um, one of the kings, I think it was subsequent king, I don't think it was William, ordered for a pond, what they called a pond, to be um, t- to be built, to be dug out. And that area is the area that still floods and it flooded. You know, there was absolutely no way you were going anywhere near this, this particular area. Um, and the other uh, castle is just a mot now, and I've got some photographs of it to uh, to share. Uh, and I was wondering where this mot was, and it turned out it was I was coming out of my hotel and turning left and um, to go into York. And if I'd have been turning out and going right, I would have come across the mot immediately. But anyway, I did find find it. Uh, it was also on the edge of the York city walls, which um, is easy. It's so accessible, and it's great to walk around I wanted to go and find Micklegate Micklegate is the gate where Richard Duke of York so the father of um um the guy who had become Edward the fourth and Richard the third actually um Richard Duke of York was killed at the Battle of Wakefield he was obviously uh in the Wars of the Roses head of the House of York if you like and he was he he died at the Battle of Wakefield, and his head was displayed on Micklegate. So I wanted to go and have a look at that. So you can walk around not his head, the gate. You can walk around the Roman walls, um, or the city walls, and um, and and see see that gate that's still there. So I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I will. So I will go into that um, more shortly. Um, but like I say, I'm streaming live on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and Instagram and soon I well I'm actually over on Rumble as well now Rumble as um, British History with Philippa I think it is I've just set it up and I couldn't get just British History but I'm hoping actually you can look for me under that Um, or you can look for my name Philippa P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A so if you're on Rumble, please do come and give me a follow there because I think if I get five followers I can start doing live streams on there as well so yeah so uh it would be very cool so uh rumble why manda because it's a better search function and uh all sorts so uh and it doesn't tend to thwart you for using particular words and actually in the history um field at the moment 
very difficult to talk about some subjects because um, you'll use certain words in their context and uh, and you'll be uh, either sort of the, the video subdued or demonetized and they're really they're very in context so uh, it's a shame um, but uh, you can support me anywhere anyway by giving this video a thumbs up a like and everything that would be great obviously if you want to buy me super chats stars hearts that's also always welcome but what I would love you to do is come over to my patreon patreon.com forward slash philippa no it's not it's forward slash british british history oh my goodness I can't speak british history and um and uh, that is where for £5 a month, I give you loads back. In there at the moment is an extended interview with Aliri Lynn, um, an exclusive blog on how to kill a, not how to kill a king, killing a king, which, so yesterday, 30th of January, was the, um, uh, was the anniversary of the execution of Charles I. And in my blog, I argue, and I think you can read the first part of it on my Substack as well um, until it goes behind the paywall. But I argue in the introduction, it's so familiar to us that Charles I was beheaded, and that is almost absorbed. I think it is generally absorbed into the story of the English civil civil wars, the the rise of Oliver Cromwell, the Republican you can call it experiment, because we know that after eleven years it finished etc etc and so the 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 fact that we we the, the english parliament killed the english king for treason is very interesting and it's it's a topic that I've, i i i like to get into because treason treason is a crime against the king it's uh it's to keep um the, the person of the king who at the time the Treason Act of 1352 was written, it could never be envisaged that the king would be separate from the state, really, um, not whilst in, in, in position anyway. Um, so how do you actually try, convict and execute a king for treason? So I've gone into that in, in the blog. But anyway, if you're a patron, you... Um, you've got access to that full blog. And I'd like to give a shout out to Kerry and Stephanie who've become patrons in the last couple of weeks. Welcome to you very much. Um, oh, and I've also, I'm also requesting questions at the moment for the um, next interviewee that I have. Uh, it's she, she is, uh, Kate, she is the uh, curator at Churchill War Rooms. So I am heading off down to London next week to go to the the Churchill War Rooms again and do an interview with the curator there which I'm really looking forward to. Um, right shall I get back to Lincoln and York and I have got um, another in, uh, uh, bit to tell you about one of the events that we've got coming up which is online so you can all come to it if you like it's our next uh, online history festival for spring and it's going to be on the Stuarts just talked about Charles there. Um, in fact let me tell you now because we've got six talks um, Gareth Russell, who has done all of our online history festivals, he's my tour historian when we go away. He's just fabulous. I've just mentioned his book, actually, Young and Damned and Fair. If you're going to Lincoln and York, take that book with you and you can follow that progress that Catherine Howard and Henry VIII did and what happened at both those places. But anyway, Gareth is doing a talk 
um, about what well, it's called it the life of a Stuart queen, Anna of Denmark. And um, if any of you have read the palace, Gareth's latest book, then you will have, um, you would have heard, uh, you, you have read the chapter about, about Anna. Anyway, he goes into, into her life in more detail. Uh, Katie Wignall, who, uh, if you don't follow her already, have a look on Instagram, look up London. She is an incredible blue badge guide, but she's got a brilliant channel. Um, you'll love her voice. I guarantee it. Go and check it out just for her voice. She is doing the Great Fire of 1666, the Great Fire of London. We have Professor Alice Hunt, who is talking about Oliver Cromwell and the uh, the English Republic. Julian Humphreys, who some of you will uh, already know from interviews I've done. And also if you watch History After Dark, he was a guest recently. He is going through the fascinating and harrowing, actually, escape of... Charles II after the Battle of Worcester. So the hunted king, the escape of Charles II. Um, he very, very, very nearly didn't make it. Again, you know, I was just saying about we we sort of looking at it backwards and everything sort of go. Oh, yes, we had the we had the uh, English Civil Wars and then we had the Republic and then we invited Charles back. Charles, Charles is only there to get back, to bring back from the continent because he managed to escape. And that's an amazing story. Andrea Zuvich is talking to us um, about the mistresses of the Stuart Court. She's got a great book on that as well. And then myself, I am doing a talk on the gunpowder plot. It's a, it's a, it's again, it's another story that sounds like we know it all. It's all very familiar, but there are bits that have kind of been just to glossed over in the story and I want to go into that in more detail so that is the Stuarts online history festival lineup the festival takes place from the 22nd till the 24th of March with a live Q&A panel on the 24th of March and if you're very quick you'll nab the last couple of early bird tickets that are 18 pounds and then it will go to the full price tickets which are they're still only £21.50. So um, it's not, uh, it's definitely not an expensive event. It's priced to um to make it accessible to everybody. Um so so if you want more details of that as well, and if you want to get your tickets, uh you can see it scrolling on the bottom there. But if you're listening on the podcast, it's if you go to the stewards2024.eventbrite.co.uk and you can get your tickets there can everyone still hear me okay um because uh i don't know if my comments have stopped but anyway <laughs> maybe that is because uh yeah okay all right so last week i was i did a day in lincoln and then i went up to york for about three days um and like I say, many of you will, many of you have been on tour with me or are coming on tour with me. And so uh, you'll be probably quite, oh, I hope, quite excited to note that I am uh, heavy into uh, 2025's tours. Oh, actually, I will make mention if you were thinking of coming on the Anne Boleyn tour in May, unfortunately, someone's had to uh, cancel due to ill health. So I have got one room left. So if you want to check that out, go to BritishHistoryTours.com and the itinerary and all the information is on there. Uh, and you can go to book a tour and download the booking forms and send those in. But yeah, um, 
Also, I'm going to be opening up the bookings for the 2025 Anne Boleyn tour. So it'll be the same date, 16th till the 20th of May, but 2025. And um bookings for that will be opening for priority bookers so that's anyone who's a member of my patreon in a couple of weeks time and then a week after that will be open for general bookings right so so there you go so yes um so lincoln and york so you could do you could do these both in um together there are about it is about an hour I think it took me an hour and a half to drive between the two. Um, but you are following in the footsteps of Henry VIII and Catherine Howard on their progress of 1540. They are by no means the only people whom you are following. But um, but that's quite a uh, an interesting story because it because of how it links into the downfall of Catherine Howard. And um, when you go, let's start with Lincoln. Lincoln. I had been told that the cathedral would blow me away, you know, that it would just, it, it's stunning. And it really is. It really is. What I would say about Lincoln as well as a place to go is you can do do pretty much everything you need to do on foot. The cathedral is directly opposite the castle. I'll come back to the castle in a minute. But the um, the cathedral... Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Henry and and Catherine visited here. It's also where, let me get this right, it's where Catherine Swinford is uh, buried. Her tomb is there. Catherine Swinford, of course, was the third wife of John of Gaunt. But he, uh, they'd been having a relationship and they'd had all of their children that they were going to have, I think, while he was still married to Blanche of Lancaster. Um, and after Blanche's death, he married Catherine Swinford and their children were legitimised um, and they took on the name Beaufort. So Margaret Beaufort, mother of Henry VII, is a descendant of Catherine Swinford and therefore so is Henry VIII, Elizabeth I, etc., etc. And her tomb is at Lincoln Cathedral. Um, like I say, I'm going to rattle through this because if you're going, then this is the these are the places that that I would say to go. And York, packed, absolutely full of things to do. So um, the castle opposite. Um, oh, it's and it's very medieval. The town of Lincoln is very medieval. Um, oh, thank you, Linda. Yes, I'll I'll post the Rumble link um, below when I finish this. Thank you very much. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a very medieval town. So again, I will, I will share some more pictures, um, uh, on Instagram. I'll do Instagram and Facebook for, for some pictures of it. Um, and also on Patreon, I'll, I'll send you, uh, post some more. So you get a feel of being in an, in an old English, um, town um there's lots of little shops and a very very steep um very very steep uh, road as far as I remember um where I went to find some food um you have um the bishop's palace as well so I'll mention that first actually 
so the bishop's palace was where Catherine and um, Henry would have stayed probably during their progress. Um, and uh, so, so that's, it's, it's, it's in ruin, but that is still, that's run by English heritage and you can go and see, go and visit there. Um, the castle uh, has a great wall walk from which you can take brilliant pictures back towards the cathedral. But inside the castle walls uh, is no longer a castle, but a prison, a Victorian uh, prison with a women's wing and a men's wing. Um, and as you go round the castle, in the middle of, I suppose it is kind of in the middle of the prison, there is a dedicated building to Magna Carta because Lincoln Castle, not Cathedral, is one of um, it, well, there's four surviving 1215s, so original Magna Cartas, and it uh, Lincoln has one. There's one at Salisbury Cathedral and there's two in the British Library. Uh, but the Lincoln one, um, well, the Lincoln one is there it's on rotation with a char uh, charter of the forest, which sounds boring, but to the everyday people, people like us, <laughs> if we were living in 1215 or 1217 when it was, um, I think, first uh, uh, issued, that was so important. The Norman kings and their, so from William and down, down through John, had taken a lot of land. I think it was over about a third of England as basically royal forest, royal hunting ground. And if you were caught poaching um, and by poaching, you know, <laughs> finding food, people who couldn't afford or can't eat, they, you know, anyway, so the, the, the punishments were severe. You know, it, I think you could be even be uh, uh, executed for uh, poaching. People couldn't graze their own animals on that sort of land. So it, it'd become a real contentious issue. And so the Charter of the Forests was uh, uh, was issued in uh, from 1217 onwards by um, uh, Henry III. He was only a child in 1217 when he, his uh, his uh excuse me, his father, King John, had died and he'd become king. And under his, um, in his minority, the Magna Carta was reissued alongside the Charter of the Forests. And actually, that's when it became, uh, or that it had to be differentiated from the Charter of the Forests. So Magna Carta means the, the bigger charter. Um, when that was first issued in 1215, it wasn't known as Magna Carta. But once there were two charters, it was the bigger of the two. Uh, and the forest of the charter, sorry, excuse me, the charter of the forest is displayed at Lincoln as well. So um, it's, uh, that's, that, that's amazing. You're inside this prison. Now, the prison itself is very well preserved and um, has definitely got a feel to it. I was in there on my own. <laughs> So that didn't help. And in the women's side, there was 
more. Now, actually, um, the conditions I don't think were bad from what, what is there. I'll talk about York prison later. That was much worse. Um, the, the, the idea was that people could get or convicts, people convicted of things could get, um, religious tuition. Um, they, they would, you know, um, work hard, but they could, um, resolve what they, they could, um, uh, sort of save their souls and, and become useful citizens and citizens leave with kind of a trade or, you know, and certainly a good education, especially in religious terms. And there is a, this is very spooky, a surviving chapel, the only surviving chapel. I have to be careful not to mix up the two here because there's some, there's a prison in New York as well. But in Lincoln, there's this surviving chapel. And I think I did post a picture of this. Apparently it is the only one in the world from this period. And there's a replica somewhere in Australia. I walked, you walk in and you walk to the top of this chapel and it's on, um, it's on a gradient. So every row is on a different level. So it goes down and down and down and down and down. And that's so that the preacher can see everybody or everyone can see the preacher. But these, this is a, in a prison. So you don't want all the prisoners all together in one massive group. So what they, they've done, what they did, was each prisoner had his own individual sort of booth. And the first one to go in would walk right to the end and that door would be shut. Then the next one, that door would be shut. The next one, that door would be shut. Next one, that door would be shut. And when I walked in to the top, sorry, yes, to the to the back of this um, chapel, which is kind of in a semicircle shape as well, I just scanned the room and saw the top of someone's head I was just, and I was in there on my own, and uh, yeah, it, and then realized I thought it's got to be a mannequin. It's got to be a mannequin. Not quite sure what I want it to be, but um, okay, it's a mannequin. Just calm down. It's fine. And then looked over, and there were more mannequins. And then I went down to the front, walked back up this other side into the pulpit, and looked out, and there's loads of mannequins sat there. Uh, yeah listening to the to the well ready to listen to the preacher it was a surreal experience but very very interesting very it was it was very worthwhile so um Lincoln I would say you could do in a good day or two but it's lovely it's a lovely lovely place I mean I was there in January as well so I'm sure it's even more beautiful in uh in the warmer times in the, in spring or summer but then I made my way up to York now York I mean, there there aren't many cities there, there aren't many places in England actually where you're not going to get if you look hard enough all periods of history Gloucester is a great example of somewhere where you can go and see right back to Roman history, London, of course, but York has the added um, benefit of Viking history there as well. Um, so anyway, so we'll get, we'll get into this, but yeah, so, so York, I spent, um, oh, why does it do that? Did you see that? Did I just do a thumbs up and it comes up with a bubble? Did anybody else see that? 
did it to me and Catherine the other day. I don't know what it's doing. Anyway, um, so like I say, it took about an hour and a half to drive from Lincoln to York. You can probably get the train. I didn't look because I was in the car. Um, famous for the shambles, famous for York Minster, famous for the city walls. Like I've already mentioned before, Micklegate, where Richard Duke of York's head was displayed with his paper crown after the Battle of Wakefield. Um, I made my way first of all to the Minster, and the so York Minster is situated on uh, a site where there was a Roman temple, and actually outside of the Minster, one of the columns. Um, that they found when they were doing some repinning work or something is now stood up outside of the minster. Um, so, um, so that's quite cool. So you can go right back to Roman uh, history there. It's followed by an Anglo-Saxon minster and then a Gothic one uh, as well. I mean, York itself goes from um, Roman, Anglo-Saxon, Viking, mixing the two, and then um, the 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 of course the impact of the Norman conquest with the uprising in the north and a um, so these this establishing of these two castles at York by William the Conqueror. Uh, of course, William took on the North uprising with the harrying of the North, this horrible laying waste to vast areas. Um, <laughs> let's try a V for victory with both hands. Well, I had half my finger chopped off, didn't I? So I don't know if I can do V for victory with both hands. I can only do it with one. <laughs> it looks a bit pathetic on the other hand. It doesn't really work anymore. Oh, thinking of getting a prosthetic because I'm not sure whether I can cope with having a weird finger. But anyway, there you go. Um, I'll come back to the shambles in a minute because there's a story linked to the shambles. Um, but if I just remain on the castles for a bit, I mentioned earlier the mot of the other castle, which I can't remember what it was called now, but there literally is just this hillock and it's right next to one of the entryways into the city walls, um, which you can then walk around, which was, do you know, it was quite, um, well, I don't know what the word would be, but the walls, they're, they're wide, but no barriers on one side. It's quite refreshing to not have something, um, you know, sort of overly engineered because people don't know to walk off the edge of something. I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was great to walk around just as it would have been. Um, but on the other, like I say, on the other side of you is that you have the other castle. Now, you may have heard of Clifford's Tower. That's the remaining part of York Castle. Clifford's Tower, um, it, uh, Melissa says StreamYard plus Apple does those 
fire oh there's fireworks as well but we don't know how i have to like just do like bah, hand signals and see if i can work it out and just look odd just look really weird in the meantime uh clifford's tower i have to say i was a little bit disappointed in um it's it i'd still would go definitely go it was blinking cold and windy when I was there, though. So uh, I certainly couldn't enjoy the rooftop views, which you would be able to if you were going on a nicer day. But you could get a very good idea of the lay of the land around you. Um, and. Yeah, I was I was. So, so anyway, let's just go through this. So Clifford's Tower was sort of created as a royals, uh, excuse me, as a royal keep so at the royal palace or royal castle but no king ever actually stayed there so um it was made ready the most fascinating part for me was coming across the chapel inside the tower that was fascinating um and again i'll i'll share photos i've taken i took Right, just to give you an idea, one day in Lincoln, I took 550 photos. Hmm. So in York, over three days, I haven't actually looked, but I think it must be something horrendously large. I just, just everyone pray that my my phone never gives up the ghost. Um. Yes, yeah, so coming across this chapel, this Norman chapel inside. Clifford's Tower was amazing. Now, the, the, they tell the, um, the really horrible, harrowing story of the, um, the the persecution of the Jewish community in York in 13... Oh, my goodness, sorry. I can't remember the year. And it, and it, it was a worse story than I'd even um, remembered it as. Um, uh, really scapegoating persecuting the jewish community to the point where they they took under the king's um I'm just looking for the book under the king's protection they were they were they were taken into clifford's tower and um they but they decided that they did the, well they thought that their um cause was was lost really and um some of them committed suicide and actually of the ones who survived and were persuaded to leave um they uh they were they were beaten and and such like afterwards so it's horrible harrowing story next to clifford's tower just to bring it up a little bit is a is the is the castle museum um and this is this is the where i said there's another um prison like in lincoln another uh it, it, it was a prison so you get another idea of what life was like now this one is a much more harrowing prison they do it brilliantly though they tell stories of people who actually were kept there um including the uh, last female prisoner to be um, executed by burning was York. Uh, she was kept there. Um, and um, yeah, so so they, they tell the stories it, sort of in the cells. The cells are quite dark. 
Um, again, it's got a real feel to it, as you would probably expect. They also, inside the museum, then ha- on the on the other side, do a full, full-on Victorian street rec- uh, recreation. It's um, it's really quite fantastic. With um, I'm saying Victorian, it might be yes, Victorian. With the shops as they would have been, um, there is a bar in there which uh, has been lifted and shifted from somewhere else, saved and put in there. So it's really worth having a look in in that museum. Um, I went from Clifford's Tower and the Castle Museum to the Jorvik Museum. Um, this museum is the Viking Museum of York. And uh, so Jorvik is the is the Viking name for York. And you first go in, you walk down. I was a billionaire, mate. So everyone else is there either with their family or a school group or something. And I was going around on my own. You have to get over that when you do my job. When you first walk in, I got talking to a brilliant um, guy in there. You, you walk in and you walk onto a glass floor where you're... Um, sort of and underneath this glass floor you can see they've done an excavation and they've put the floor on top obviously and it's a little bit difficult I thought to work out what what was what but he took me through it and it was basically um the the what the they didn't have foundation so it's the remnants of the walls of little huts that they um that people would live in um you could see where there had been a hearth uh, in one, you could see where they had uh, they sort of built in a kind of sofa bed type arrangement into the house. Um, there was also a drain, which the Vikings and the so the Anglo-Saxon period when the and, and when the Vikings um, raided the north and settled in the north of England um, is obviously after the Roman occupation, which brought with it sanitation sewage systems underfloor heating all sorts of arrangements that do seem to have been lost so it's it's almost quite surprising when you see oh yeah of course someone else worked out that you needed a channel for water to escape from but anyway that was there and then you go on to a ride effectively so again this is where I was uh on my own <laughs> on this like six person cart and you go through a, a a series of streets of Jorvik and there are people see waxworks whatever animatronics is that what they call animatronics where they're so you get to see how people lived you learn about the trades they were um, they were in, what, what sort of things they made. So, for instance, dyed cloth was one. Um, you saw how they made their houses. So in one case, they're sort of digging out a, a cellar sort of arrangement. Um, it used The Jorvik Museum used to be famous for its smell-o-vision not smell of vision because you're there, but it smells. So they they pump in the smells. Now that used to be of excrement, <laughs> basically. Um, but they had a bit of a refurb. I think they got 
I think they got flooded actually in 2015, something like that. And after that, they upgraded their smell of vision. So, but you you do you go past a, a boat, um, with, uh, so the Vikings were slave traders as well, and so you go past a, a boat with evidence of that, but then there's baskets of fish as you get a fish smell hit you as well um you go down a a street um like a a market with market stalls all the way down so it was it was fascinating really really enjoyable so uh, I would recommend you you go to that if you uh, are into viking history or just even if you want to see how you know human beings lived and progressed um or went backwards in terms of technology um so near to um that's right so near to the um i've talked about the minster but near to the minster is somewhere called the shambles which if you know anything about york you've probably heard of the shambles and it's it's just i think it's famous because it's it's really well preserved medieval street it's small it's uh so it's very picturesque as well um if if you're not there on a day where they have multiple vans in the middle of the street i mean i say middle like as in it's it's a slim street and they're in the middle of it so it closes it so i don't know what i think they were doing something on the roofs so that wasn't quite so good for photographs but I pretended that I didn't see the barriers. Well, actually, I thought the barriers were for vehicles. It turns out they were also for pedestrians. <laughs> but I was trying to find, bear in mind, I'm three and a half hours away from home as well. So I'm like, I'm going to go and have a look. I'm going to go and have a look. Um, um, oh, Lottie Rose, Lottie Rose says, don't go on weekends to the shambles if you can help it. It's full of, yeah, Harry Potter fans are full of Harry Potter Um shops amazing um and uh so but I was looking specifically and I am going to go back and do this again I was looking for at Margaret Clitheroe's house so if you've ever um uh, uh seen is it called gunpowder um there's a film and it begins with horrible, 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 harrowing scene of a uh, lady. Now, close your ears if you have a sensitive nature. Uh, like I say, this is this is why Rumble might be an idea because I have to be a little bit careful on uh, on YouTube. Um, uh, so she is she, she Margaret Clitheroe is killed because she harbors a priest and her house is on the shambles so that was why I wanted to go and have a look now she is actually um killed on the oh goodness there was a toll booth on the ooze bridge yeah that's right I don't know why it's called the ooze but the river's called the ooze maybe it's the first bridge there I'm not sure why it would get the name of the river when there's multiple bridges but anyway she was killed at the toll booth um on like I say on the ooze bridge going from one side of the ooze onto the other 
and she was killed by being crushed um purportedly by her own front door and then heavy rocks placed on top of her so she's she's she was effectively she was martyred catholic um unrest was already so with the death of this has happened this happens early on in james the first reign i think can't remember the exact year i don't think it was still in elizabeth's reign i might be wrong either way it's it's at the beginning of the 17th century in york and um so she's harboring a priest so that she can hear mass so that her friends can hear mass and she's caught and she's executed for it there the this so this adds to the the, the catholic um sort of feeling that they really haven't got much of a chance now this is why i'm thinking it is in the very beginning of james's reign but anyway because with the accession of james the first well james the sixth of scotland as james the first of england the, the english catholics are hoping that they um that he's going that the persecution of catholics is going to to die down that he that they're going to be able to um um uh, what you call it worship in their in their own way again however there are some uh hardliners who they they want more they want to go back um and the the murder of margaret clitheroe may well have been a, a one of these um events in a long series of events but that actually starts to turn the needle there is a man living in York, who'd been born in York, called Guy Fawkes. He was born in York. He was christened in York. He was christened at a church right next to the Minster. I think it's called St. Bartholomew's. I can't remember now. Um, and and he's, um, yeah, he's from York as well. So you can go to a Guy Fawkes pub, which is right next to the church, if you want to. Um and I'll be talking a lot more about Guy Fawkes, obviously, in my talk for the Stuarts Online History Festival on the gunpowder plot. Um, it's very interesting whether he was, <laughs> how much of a gunpowder expert he was. But anyway, well, I'll go into that in my talk. So, yeah, so I, I made it up, up the shambles, even though I wasn't supposed to, so that I could go and <laughs> find Margaret Clitheroe's house and actually there's a shrine to her inside but it was closed so I couldn't go in um and then I went further on to St Mary's Abbey this was um one of the stops again for Henry VIII and um and Catherine Howard when they were on progress uh, in 1540 it's now a ruin of course because <laughs> all the monasteries mainly are it was very um very pretty though and you can get an idea of the size of it unfortunately there was some girls doing a tiktok video in the middle of the abbey when i was there so i had to wait out in the cold just to uh to try and get a good photo and get some video and photos without them like doing some sort of dance in the middle of it but bless them they were having fun but next to it there's a few things actually there's a roman wall near it there is the king's house which is part of the university of york and um, that was where Henry VIII actually stayed and Catherine st stayed. 
you can't so you can't go in there but you can see it there's roman walls there's a roman um they call it a i think they're called the multi-angular tower or no that can't be something like that anyway <laughs> the multi-angular tower roman tower st leonard's hospital which i mentioned earlier uh this 200 bed hospital the largest in the country when it was closed um but in amongst all of that is York City Museum. And oh my goodness, it is packed of amazing things. Now there's going to be a lot of items from that collection that I will be sharing in Patreon. Um, and I'll, I will share some on Instagram uh, as well and Facebook as well. But there is some amazing pieces in there. Um, not least a, um, a Viking helmet well, it looks Anglo-Saxon. It looks very much like the Sutton Hoo helmet, that amazing um, helmet that was was buried in that ship burial, the Sutton Hoo, which is um, which was uh, uh, discovered in 1939, wasn't it, or 1938, just before the outbreak of the no, actually, was it the outbreak of the First or Second World War that it was found? Anyway, and it's all in the British um, <laughs> Museum now. That there was a there's a helmet that looks just like that, but without all the bling on it. Um, there is a lot of uh, um, things from the Abbey, evidence of how, I mean, goodness me, it was amazing. It, it, it must have been absolutely stunning, this Abbey. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I will um, I will share this. The... the um, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? There's a jewel that they that is uh, attributed to um, Richard III's wife and Neville. Um, there's all sorts in there, so I will be sharing that, uh, sharing a lot of those. So um, I will let you go now because I will be back later at quarter past eight with the girls on History After Dark to talk about Charles Darwin. Um, we're on our History Heroes series, so people who are considered heroes from history, we're giving them the same treatment really as the people who were considered gits. So last year was the year of the uh, git, history gits. This is History Heroes. And so like I said, tonight is Charles Darwin. So we'll be back at quarter past eight uh, on History After Dark for that. Um, before you go, just a reminder, the interview with Ilyri Lynn on dressing the Tudor court that is available now on YouTube and if you want the extended ad-free version that is on Patreon. Um, the blog on um, how on earth you get to uh, charge and execute a king for treason which is a charge laid uh, uh, sorry excuse me which is a law uh, a crime which has up till now solely been against the king. So, not solely, but anyway, I go to that into that in the blog. That's available on Patreon. You can also go to my Substack for the blogs and become a, a paid subscriber there, and you can get the blogs there about once a month. Um, and if you're interested in coming on tour with me, the Anne Boleyn tour in May, 16th till 20th of May, has one room left. Um, so I would love to see you there if that's of interest. And if you would like to maybe wait a year and come in May 2025, then that will be on sale very soon. Um, and if you join Patreon, you get seven days 
exclusivity in terms of booking before it goes on general sale. So, right. I will see you all, hopefully, later. If I don't see you later, I will see you next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.